This episode is made possible by PwC. When unprecedented times are all the time, it's time to start walking the talk. Leaders like you turn to PwC to see and stay ahead. Upskill your workforce, use intelligent automation, and transform big ideas into breakthrough outcomes. Explore the human-led, tech-powered solutions that help you thrive. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. Hello, hello. I'm Caroline. And I'm Emma Gentry. We are two sisters who have a passion for traveling, chatting about pop culture, being with our crazy family, and sharing our lives with you guys. We hope by doing this, it can bring a little laughter and light into your days. Our podcast, It's Always Something, is a weekly podcast that you can listen to on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. If there's anything the two of us have learned... Is in life... It's it's always always something. something... Teen Girl Talk. Teen Girl Talk. I'm Susie Coda. I'm Franklin Coda. And this week we are talking about Jurassic Park. Na, 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 na. Uh, so I am definitely PMSing because when I saw the dinosaurs, I started crying. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, they're so beautiful. <laughs> I watched this with mom. And she was just, she, for one, did not care for the small child in this movie. Why? He's just like a normal kid. I don't know. She thought he was annoying. (laughs) Okay. That's kind of harsh. She also got upset every time something happened to one of the dinosaurs. Well, yeah. I mean, really, we're led to be so much more interested in the survival of the dinosaurs than any of the main characters. Yeah. But um, do you want to talk about why you picked this? Well, I, I originally picked it because, like I said, we're doing a 90s flashback and Lex is like 14 in this movie. Um, she's like 13, 14. Um, <laughs> but also, it's just like this movie fits into a very specific niche for me <laughs> um, of professionals doing their job and it like and it's just like them trying to do the right thing um like movies like the martian and spotlight mm-hmm. fall into this where like in the martian there could have been a whole plot line where it's just like i can't let mark come back here what if he takes so and so away from me i have to sabotage the mission and yeah. like i i'm sure things like that happen but like it happens in every movie and it's also like I said, these are professionals. They're supposed to be like above this kind of thing. Yeah. You know? Like I like it when it's just people. I like seeing cooperation and like people working against a common uh, against a common threat kind of thing. 
like yeah you know midway like from the when things start going wrong like nobody's having any interpersonal conflict it's just like hey let's survive the dinosaurs yeah it was all very task oriented and i think that definitely helps add to um the trajectory of the film because so clearly wayne knight is the problem (laughs) (laughs) entirely and fully i I mean i'm sure multiple people were like newman when like they saw this both now and originally and uh samuel jackson is the solution until he gets eaten yes and the raptors are like let's place his arm here for the most dramatic of reveals I know. You know it's um, so I don't know anyone's name, but <laughs> Laura Dern's character when she's like, "Oh, Mister So and So," and then she's like, "Ah, it's just an arm." Like Mister Arnold, that was like kind of a goofy reveal. <laughs> well, how many of the sequels have you seen? I have not seen Jurassic Park two, but I have seen both of the Chris Pratt ones. Okay, so Jurassic Park two, uh, Jurassic Park: The Lost World has uh-huh. a way goofier moment than this okay. um well for one thing uh it has vince vaughn as like okay in it um is this pre-swingers vince vaughn i i don't i don't think so but i think it's pre-wedding guys putting wedding guys it's pre, wedding it's crashers pre, yes it's pre, <laughs> pre-wedding guy crashers um and <laughs> he's portrayed as like he like he's this um green peace kind of guy who's against like the uh the 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 thing is um oh what's her name um julie julianne moore uh she's one of um of malcolm's ex-wives or current girlfriends or whatever and she goes off to off to the island one of the islands and she's gone missing so he goes there to try and find her what are the chances that it's such a small world that one of Malcolm's uh, three wives also happens to have an interest in dinosaurs? <laughs> I mean, it's not even like he's a dinosaur specialist. He's a chaostician. Yeah, he's a mathematician. He's a sexy mathematician. Uh, it's so bizarre because like, why would the insurance people care about what he has to say about this? It's not like he's going to be like, I have particular feelings about the dinosaurs. He's, he's such a famous mathematician that in the second movie, people recognize him on the street. <laughs> it's like you're The that other ma- funny part is when he shows up in the fourth one, what is that one called? Uh, Jurassic, Jurassic World. No, I think that's the fifth one. Because I think, yeah, because there's Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park 2, Jurassic Park 3, which brings back Sam Neill's character. Jurassic World, Jurassic, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Wait, Fallen Kingdom's not the newest one, right? No, the newest one is Jurassic World Dominion, I believe. This is like almost comical, these sequel naming conventions. But so in... Oh, so, sorry, just to finish my thought about Jurassic Park 2 um so at the end of that movie like all these people who want to bring the dinosaurs to the mainland um they put the t-rex on a boat and much like uh brand stoker's dracula the boat just crashes into the harbor and the entire crew is dead 
and you cut to like the captains um you know the, the well not the quarters. quarters no like where the where the captain drives the boat or sit you, you know what i mean and it's just like there's a hand holding on to a thing like onto the throttle i'm like did the t-rex just eat this guy's hand and then sneak back out of the like out of the like the command booth or whatever and just like leave i was like oh they'll get a kick out of this if i leave the hand here well they just seem to do sort of a dip and chomp so i guess that makes sense if in the world of the jurassic park movies that's the only way that the t-rexes eat yeah um what i was gonna say about fallen kingdom i actually don't remember so never mind (laughs) i'm pushing on uh it was something I mean, basically, it's just a reboot of the first one. I mean... Oh, it was that Malcolm ends up in a congressional hearing. Yeah. Sort of illogically and apropos of nothing. Yeah, and he's just he's like, these dinosaurs will come to take over the world. I'm like, are they really this big of a threat? They they don't have boats. Like... (laughs) It doesn't make any sense, and it doesn't make any sense who invited him to the hearing. Maybe because just... again, he is not a person who works with dinosaurs. He works <laughs> with probability. Yeah. It would be like if you were running a zoo and you were like, "We need a statistician." Why? I <laughs> to mean, what means? To what ends? Yeah, it does. It doesn't make any sense. Um. <laughs> So they're really testing our patience with their their <laughs> flawed logic. <laughs> but okay, that being said, Jurassic Park is obviously flawless. Like even the comparatively, the CGI, like when I think of the CGI in Star Wars, even the remastered CGI, and then I look at the CGI in Jurassic Park, I'm like, wow, worlds apart. Well, I think I think the reason it holds up so well is there's so little of it. Like mm-hmm. it's not this like there is I'm you know, I fully agree with you, the CGI is amazing in this movie. Mm-hmm. But like how many of the scenes actually featured like, you know, the larger dinosaurs in it where you would need the CGI for them? Mm-hmm. Um and like you know, because like for the majority of this movie, it's people having conversations about why we should not have cloned dinosaurs, you know, in gray metal rooms of, you know, of renown. And then, like, we only, like, things only start going nuts, like, maybe an hour into this movie. and When we... Newton makes a mess of it. <laughs> yeah. And actually, I don't know if you remember this, Izzy. We were on some trip, some family trip, and I think it was for the filming of the second or third movie. But, um... We were driving back down the, you know, down the uh, the parkway or the turnpike or something, and there was a like parts of a velociraptor, like on the back of a truck. Oh yeah, I do kind of remember that. And I was just like, oh my god, I guess they're making another one. And <laughs> I distinctly remember being very excited to see a velociraptor. It's very surprising that it would be in New Jersey because where is this one set? Um, this one's set in like South, some, uh, an island off of South America. Okay. And so I could never figure out the um, 
like Dr. Hammond mm-hmm. is okay. First of all, is he a scientist? <laughs> I don't think so. I think he, I think his whole thing, he just made theme parks. Okay. Because I really like, uh, we'll just broad stroke the plot because basically everybody knows the premise of Jurassic Park. But, <laughs> um, Kevin Costner plays Alan Grant. That is not Kevin Costner. Who is that? (laughs) That's Sam Neill. Are you sure that's not Kevin Costner? I am 100% sure that is not Kevin Costner. (laughs) Okay, a man I thought was Kevin Costner for the entirety (laughs) of this film, who is apparently Sam Neill cosplaying as Kevin Costner, um, is a super serious scientist who is dating Laura Dern, who is some sort of plant doctor. Frank could probably give you the actual term for it. And they are on paleontological, pathological. Oh, well, yeah, well, first paleontolo- we Paleontological digs. Yeah, well, f- first we have a scene um, of, like, you know, them feeding or trying to get a velociraptor into the pen and like well mold- a velociraptor is delivered by helicopter and then slowly a big box is lowered into sort of a nondescript building and i could not for the life of me i'm glad you said they're feeding the velociraptor figure out what the hell was going on in that scene because it mostly seemed like they just gathered around a box and then were surprised when a man got chomped well yeah well they're i think they're putting in a new one and like it leads to the fans line of shoot ha and a super close-up of that man's lips. And I was like, what is this? What is this weird ASMR? And only later, when I remembered what happens, was I like, oh, that's why they made such a big deal about setting that scene. Well, the thing is, like, I when I was younger, I thought Muldoon was the biggest jerk because all he did was talk about killing dinosaurs. And uh-huh. I was, but now as an adult, I'm like, oh, Muldoon was so right. Well, to be fair, I still think that Muldoon is a jerk. I disagree. <laughs> well, to be fair, Muldoon also said only kill the Velociraptors. He was very mad that that man got chomped. Do you do you want to know the um? Do you want to know like the actual science behind Velociraptors? Yes. So they were they were actually smaller, okay. um, and they had um, feathers, and what. Uh, what they would do is they were able to flap up into the air and they would use those big old talons they have to hook into their prey and basically eat them from above. Whoa. I still think these ones are cooler, but I still think that's also really cool. (laughs) Yes. Um, And Alan Grant on his dig site is describing to a child how intense velociraptors are. (laughs) And the child looks very upset. And Laura Dern's character is like, ha ha ha, you're so whimsical. But like, clearly he has traumatized this child. Here's here's the other thing about this. Like in this scene, once again, as an adult, I'm like, whoa, man, that's kind of messed up. Like threatening a child with a velociraptor claw and being like, this is how they got you. And I'm like, still like him more than anybody in Uncharted. And I mean, how else are you going to learn how a velociraptor works if someone doesn't tell you that a velociraptor would get you given the chance? <laughs> like, and what's the best learning experience? Oh, learning that a velociraptor will 1,000% eat 
kill both you and your family. Yeah. Wait, what was that Simpsons bit where they like zoom in on the face of a fairly innocuous animal? Oh, um, it's when they go to Australia and Bart brings along his pet frog and then releases the frog into the Australian outback and they like become the dominant species there. Uh-huh. And like um, Bart and Lisa, they're flying away and Lisa's like, look, the, the frogs are eating all their crops because this is why you don't introduce an unknown animal into an unsuspecting ecosystem. And then they cut to the outside of the helicopter and there's just a koala hanging onto like the landing gear and <laughs> like, like dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I swear there was another one though where it was like, would eat you and your family. Give it to okay. Chance, I can't. That one is from Lisa the Vegetarian where uh, after... Um, Lisa, you know, says she wants to become vegetarian. I don't know why the school needed to get involved in this. Um, <laughs> but like Skinner is like, we're going to have a video oh, about the joys of eating meat. Um, after one of our students, I, I think like Lisa might have made a stink about it. It's like, like, uh, whose name should be uh, one of our students, Lisa S. No, that's too obvious. L Simpson. <laughs> and then like Troy McClure is going over like, you know, all the joys of eating meat and he takes a little boy into a slaughterhouse and he's like, I've heard eating meat is wrong. And Troy McClure goes, goes, listen, Billy, if a cow got the chance, he'd eat you and everybody else and everybody you loved. And they do the close up of the cow's face. (laughs) Okay, which brings me to one of the parts I did not like about Jurassic Park where we see two innocent animals die. I know it's the food chain, et cetera, et cetera. But like, they really make a meal of showing us a uh, steer being lowered into the velociraptor cage. And I did like all the talk about how smart the velociraptors are because what was the man you called the jerk? Muldoon. Muldoon is like, yeah, so velociraptors, they're, uh, they're pretty smart. They've been testing the fence for weaknesses and they never hit the same space twice because Dr. Alan Grant says, but it's electrified. And he's like, yes, but they're learning. Dun, dun. And then we see the steer lowered into the pen and the sounds are terrible. And then Dr. Hammond's like, who's hungry? And so then cut to them at a table discussing you know the island and everything possible and this is where Malcolm gives his first speech about like basically the dangers of playing God I'm, I'm paraphrasing uh, second speech oh is the first speech on the helicopter the 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 the, the first speech the first no on the helicopter he's just like ah, 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 ah. oh right when he's making all those noises Jeff Goldblum really leans into sort of acting by noises in this film like I love his character like not just because his character is so unbelievably weird and just you know Jeff Goldblum but like it's just like the idea of this turbo hot mathematician and he's also a really good dude like that's mm-hmm. my thing um but yeah I so-, mean, so the 90s i feel like just sort of um set a bar for those of you who were not alive in the 90s 
the 90s were a very humorless time. I don't, like, comedies were bad. There is a reason that you never hear people referring to classic 90s comedies because they do not exist. Um, movies were, it was, like, a lot of movies about, like, intrigue and, like, everything starred, like, Michael Douglas. <laughs> and so the fact that, and Jeff Goldblum had been in movies like Earth Girls Are Easy and... Um, the fly the fly he had sort of a weirdo resume before this and then they just let him be as weird as possible (laughs) in this movie and i think that's a real joy because like steven spielberg did and still does um direct movies for mass consumption like family movies that everybody is going to enjoy. So the fact that they were kind of like, Jeff Goldblum, just go wild. You want to be shirtless and oiled up? <laughs> like, on this control panel, why not? Do you want to be wreathing around on a table shirtless for, like, the entire second half of the film? Yeah, it seems weird. Why not? Sometimes they just cut to him in the second half for, like, reaction shots. He barely has any lines. Yeah. Um... So do you want to give us a rundown of how everything goes absolutely to hell in a handbasket? <laughs> it's like Dr. Hammond's like, my grandkids are inexplicably here. Strangers, please take them out into the dinosaur infested lands. Wonderful. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like. And then surprisingly, <laughs> to the shock of everyone, stuff goes wrong. Could you imagine like how much safer like roller coasters would be it's like okay you don't get to we're not gonna put like a test dummy on this like person who designed the roller coaster and built it your children are going on it first well that's the wild part so they are at the point in development in the park where an employee has been mauled they are under review by the insurers the investors are nervous and dr hammond's like what my grandkids sure take them out why not and this happens in i think it is a fallen kingdom or the one before that where jessica chastain no it's not jessica chastain it's brie bryce dallas howard yes who i'm kind of wondering if her and jessica chastain have a isla fisher um amy adams thing for sure yeah. they do they've talked about it but she's like <laughs> Oh, my niece and nephew are here? Absolutely. Go out in one of those little clear balls that a T-Rex can just pick up and chop down like a Tic Tac. Well, the thing is that the Jurassic World Park was working until Chris Pratt effed everything up by trying to survive. So here's the thing. (laughs) Okay, can you give us the Wayne Knight rundown? Okay, so Dennis Nedry is a uh, computer programmer working uh, next to Samuel. Played by J- Wayne Knight. Yes, played by Wayne Knight. Uh, uh, in my head, I keep changing to Wayne Brady. Like <laughs> it is not Wayne Brady. <laughs> I would be sad if Nedry got eaten if he was played by Wayne Brady. <laughs> yeah. I feel nothing for Dennis Nedry um, when he's played Wayne by Wayne Knight, Knight. Plays a great villain. Oh yeah. He is hamming it up like crazy in this. There's like so much sneering and evil laughter um, and well, like evil mumbling. Well, the first person, um, I think he is a mole for a, a rival company um, and he puts shaving cream on a, a piece of pie 
which okay frank needs to explain why the shaving cream is there so he is met by a man in sunglasses and a hat (laughs) who bribes him with i think it's like a quarter of a million dollars or seventy five thousand dollars or something it's it's like his upfront payment but he's gonna get 1.5 million which is insane in 1993 money Yes. And this man bestows upon him a can of shaving cream that is hollow in the interior so that Dennis can take the dinosaur embryos and put them in this little coolant shaving cream canister. And it's the perfect cover to get through customs because it's still a shaving cream in it. Frank decided to describe that to the listener by being like, Dennis puts shaving cream on a piece of pie. I just want to point out how evil that was. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was gross, but I. The thing that was confusing was why was there an entire platter of desserts next to him if he didn't plan on eating them? If it wasn't just for that gag. Also, in this intensely hot, um, like climate, like why would you leave desserts out? Like not air conditioned. Anyway, it would definitely be covered in insects. Yes. Um. Anyway. Uh. Like so, Nedry. The way that we know that Dennis is super, super greedy is that he has just taken a bag full of cash and still makes this sunglassed man pay for his meal, which probably, against the local economy, is the equivalent of two dollars. Yeah. Um. Don't get stingy on me now, Dawson. I probably could do this movie from memory. Um. (laughs) Maybe not the maybe not the Ian Malcolm speeches because those are very dense, but. Um, so the way Nedry is going to do this, um, he's going to shut down the entire park uh, before this. You need to either decide to call him Nedry or Dennis, but <laughs> I think the switching back or use his full name. We're gonna, use okay. his full Christian name. We're, we're going to call him, I'm going to call him Nedry for now because everybody's identified by their last names. Malcolm, Settler, okay. Dr. Grant. Um, so his plan, there's a tropical storm coming in. He's going to shut down all the parks like like you know all the fences all the all the everything is going to go down then he's going to abscond on this boat and get out all the tropical storm comes in he has to get the embryos back to san jose um he attempts to do this um and he like gets all the embryos they're in the can of shaving cream he's trying to drive one of the like there's two kinds of jeeps there's the gas powered jeeps which you can go anywhere in and the electric jeeps that are on a um that are on a, tr- a a track that leads you through the dinosaur pens and whatnot um and nedry is heading for the boat he gets lost i think he runs over one of the signs he needed and he um runs into a dinosaur that i can't remember the name of but this is like completely made up for the film it spits acid at him well, I mean, if we're going to suspend our disbelief, we can believe that the scientists have engineered this cute little dinosaur who makes a series of clicks because he is trying to winch his Jeep, Dennis, not the dinosaur, although that would be adorable if the dinosaur was driving the Jeep. Like when the dinosaur shows up in the Jeep, I was like, adorable. But he's <laughs> it'd be funny that the, 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 the dinosaur. Um, was like triple A. He's like, oh, it looks like you need to have some help there, buddy. Let me help you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm part so, of the Christian Motorist Club. <laughs> he is attaching the hook from the winch 
to a tree and he is sort of fallen down this muddy hill and this cute little dinosaur. And I don't know if you told me or I read this somewhere or if I'm making this out of whole cloth, but I think that a lot of the dinosaurs mannerisms were taken from cats because like the way that they move their heads and like look and sort of move, especially the smaller dinosaurs, is similar to a cat. So I, I think I said that about how to train your dragon. Oh, that makes sense. But because, Dennis, I'm, I'm sorry, please go on. No, I was just going to say, so Dennis is having, and got to give it to Wayne Knight in the scene, because we know that the dinosaur is not really there because it is CGI, but he's having this whole conversation with this dinosaur, which concludes with, I'm going to run you over with my Jeep when I come down here again, <laughs> which is a bad move, <laughs> move because the dinosaur confronts him, sort of unfurls its neck, like it looks like those ruffles that they wore during like the Elizabethan era and then spits a bunch of gunky acid all over Dennis's face. And he's like, oh no, he hits his head. Shaving cream full of embryos goes flying, slides down the hill, is forever like blubbed into the mud. He gets into the car. Guess who's in the car? We get sort of a little jump startle. It's not really a scare. And the dinosaur's like, gotcha. <laughs> chomp, then- chomp, 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 chomp. <laughs> And that's the end of that. Uh, for some reason, I thought he was the one who gets eaten in the porta potty. No, that's the that's the other. Uh, I, I... So that's the lawyer who is supposed to be representing the insurance companies, but then is talking about the investors. So I'm not entirely sure where his allegiance lies, I, other I think... than wearing a terrible outfit, which looks like business on top and like sort of suburban dad on the bottom yeah he's wearing shorts with like socks that are rolled all the way up black socks that are rolled all the way up and like dress shoes it's a bad look um and also like a long sleeve like button down shirt like if you're gonna he's go wearing sh- a dress shirt it's bizarre yeah like wouldn't you like if you're going to shorts why wouldn't you just go full like t-shirt like <laughs> why would anyway. you go full shorts um yeah so um you know, he, he is like his complete dismissal of like we're not like Hammond's like no everybody gets to see these animals and um, he's just like we'll have a coupon day it doesn't matter um, we could charge a thousand dollars ten thousand dollars people will pay whatever um, and whatchamacallit because the uh, thing is like the way we get introduced to the park is we see all three scientists i'm just going to say simply the grandkids and the lawyer are in these sort of self-guided jeeps and there's a lot of like kind of old technology uh video screens and people jump out of the jeep to go see the different animals there's supposed to be a feeding of a t-rex with a goat but the goat just has to kind of hang out there because the T-Rex never shows up. There's an interaction with a sick triceratops and then the lady scientist looks at the poop. Yeah, we're, and uh, Ian Malcolm mansplains washing her hands to her. Well, he's still like really into her even after she is elbow deep in poop. Well, yeah, I get it. He's in it to win it. But like, like he's like, you are going to wash your hands before you like eat anything, right? I'm just like... Did- do you think you need to say that? Is that something this woman needs to hear right now? You mansplaining hand washing? We never find out why that triceratops is sick. 
Um, it ate some, um, I think it ate something that it wasn't supposed to. Yeah, but it's not the lavender that she thought it might be. Yeah. Um, and kudos to her for just being like, you know what, I, this animal's sick. I'm going to get in, I'm going to just get in there with this giant pile of poo. Um, yeah, she's like, I need to see the droppings. And Ian Malcolm's like, droppings? Also, can I just say, like, you know, Settler, uh, Lorna Dern, and Sam Neill's characters are supposed to be together. And they have some great chemistry in this. And, like, I feel like it's also one of the most realistic couples where, like, it's, like, she's constantly teasing him and, like, they're giving each other, like, little smirks and smiles and whatnot. And there's pranks and goofs. Yeah. Like, I, I like, the, and they don't actually kiss in the entire movie. Like, they, they I have... I appreciated that. They have a really intense hug, but, like, you know, it's, like, you don't need to see it. It's just, like, it's, you, it's understood the yeah you know, between the two of them um and also i want to say i watched the ending scene of babe for some reason this week don't ask me why okay. <laughs> and, and like sam neil has a doppelganger in that movie who's is one of the Kevin sh- costner no it's one of the sheep judges and oh my like, god <laughs> like did sam neil like play one of the sheep judges in this i would have like it's not him but like it looks so much like him anyway um <laughs> So I'm not the only one <laughs> who's seeing Sam Neill doppelgangers everywhere. Yeah. Um, It'd be funny if they made uh, medical commercials, almost like those ones that are like, did you have uh, something like a hernia mesh? In, uh, I almost said installed. That's not what you say when it's a surgery. Uh, placed between these years call this number are you confusing Sam Neill for other characters call this number yeah um, <laughs> Frank's like yeah whatever I'm not going to yes and you on this <laughs> <laughs> I, I, sorry I was looking up to see oh my god um, I, I was looking up to see if uh, if he was a sheep judge no because I don't, I don't think I really had seen um, the the girl who played Lexin, anything else? And she's been in a, li- a, a little bit of stuff. She hasn't been in a whole lot. Um, her well, mostly in this, she did a lot of hand wringing and crying. So, yeah, which I feel, you know, for a thirteen to fourteen year old in that situation, um, I feel like is pretty reasonable. Um, I also, but also, she's the beginning in the Jurassic Park films of teenage and child characters who are just much more capable than the adults that are like like around them basically are you saying because she's a hacker dun, dun, dun. well yeah in this one she's a hacker in the next movie um ian's like ian's daughter stows along uh when he goes to look for his girlfriend um one of his three children yeah um and like they're getting chased by velociraptors because of course they are and they're in this like two-story building and for very okay just to wrap this up for various reasons there are (laughs) unpet like there are parallel bars and she does these like does this sick gymnastics routine and just like kicks a velociraptor out a window (laughs) oh does he land on his little bottom no he lands on some spikes (laughs) no yo the how could you 
I, I didn't do it. And also the Velociraptor <laughs> killed a lot of people in that movie. <laughs> I didn't do it. <laughs> what <Where's> my bad? <laughs> to me, like of all the things that get eaten by, like if, if I was like seconds away from getting chomped by a Tyrannosaurus Rex, like beside, I hope through the mind-numbing terror of that moment, I'd be, just be able to think like, sick as I get chomped in half. You'd be like, my last thought is that my death is bad as hell. Um, there's this um web comic called Saturday Morning Breakfast Serial. Um, and there's this one panel comic they have where it says lot where it's a guy with a hole in his head, and the caption says, "As last thoughts go, unicorns are real." Isn't isn't too bad for a last thought. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> I mean, it's true because it was probably like unicorns are real. Step. Uh, anyway. Step, step, step. So yeah, so um, at this point, the tropical storm hits. Nedry shuts everything down. The cars stop. Uh, Samuel thinks it's him. I love that bit where he says, uh, I'm going to go to the soda machine. I rebooted everything. Uh, some of the systems are going to be down. Uh, okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this man definitely never had to sneak out of anywhere when he was growing up this is always one of my favorite things when you get to see good actors having to pretend to be bad actors yes like it's jennifer, very fun like jennifer lawrence in mockingjay part one where she has to like pretend to like be a bad actor as katniss or um emma watson or like pretending to be bellatrix and doing a bad job of it in the second to last harry potter film or the last harry potter film i think mm-hmm. um so yeah that's always one of my favorite things frank's uh, like i love the layers yeah um so yeah so at this point they are stuck near the tyrannosaurus rex pen i thought the dinosaur uh roars were pretty cool i think um i think they tr- originally tried 
to use like uh, lion roars, but I think it's an in a distorted, um, it's a distorted elephant is what they use for because like the it had a, enough bass for it. That's cool. And all of the work they do with the T Rex basically battering the Land Rover or Jeep, whatever it is, is also very cool because again, big cat vibes, nosing it, nosing it, turning it over, <laughs> throwing it everywhere because. When the T-Rex does its sort of crane and chomp, it does it the way cats do, where they like pick something up and they kind of like ragdoll it around to break its neck, (laughs) which is obviously upsetting because the T-Rex is doing it with humans, but it felt very real. And I think that's one of the things that allows this movie to hold up even after, what is it, 25 years or whatever, is that... um, the the dinosaurs move realistically the way the plot plays out is realistic whereas with the two newer ones i don't feel as engaged in the plot i don't find chris pratt as charming as the movie seems to think i'm supposed to and i think it's because it doesn't really make sense with him being in the science world in the way that these characters who are very serious about um like Ian Malcolm says when he's <laughs> uh, basically telling them their truth where uh, he's talking to Dr. Hammond and he says, you were not the one who made these discoveries. You are not the one who did this work. So you do not feel any responsibility to this. And that's why you've gone too far. Yeah. Um, you're like a kid with, who found his dad's gun and you're just wielding it like it's a plaything. Yeah, which is like, a very intense, cool speech. <laughs> yeah. Um, and... Is he shirtless at that point? No. The, the, that was, I think, when they're over dinner. No. The, the first one, he uh, he's just kind of like, you know, he talks about, like, you guys, this is wrong. Like, what, like the first one is the life will find a way thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one, he's angry at what they've done, basically. And he's talking about like he starts pounding the table. And it's like you put it like without thinking, you did you did it because you could, but never stopped to think if you should. And then you yeah. pa- packaged it and you put it on a lunchbox, you know. Mm-hmm. And we do see a slow pan of Jurassic Park merch in the gift shop, similar to the Jurassic Park Park merch that was actually marketed when the movie was released. Yeah, I remember those brightly colored pink hot like hot green and blue dinosaurs um <laughs> but yeah so this is also where um malcolm proves just like how he's one of the best dudes uh well both him and sam neil i should say so the t-rex goes after the car with lex and her brother in it first and the lawyer just runs away once he realizes what's happening he um, runs into the toilet oh and um just to uh the t-rex's roar is a baby elephant squeal an alligator's gurgling and a tiger's snarl oh cool um so, so yeah. when the lawyer runs away uh ian malcolm says sometimes when you gotta go you gotta go yeah and i thought it was interesting that they didn't have the two men jump into action immediately they're just sitting there dumbfounded as this T-Rex sort of bats around this entire car and stomps on it and almost murders these children. And then all of a sudden they're like, 
oh, we should probably do something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think part of it is just shock and you're just like, I, 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 like, I was just like, what do we do here? Like, what's Well, that's why move? I like it because it feels realistic that they are so awed by this that the, the immediate reaction is not like, oh, we have to jump into, you know, superhero mode. It's like, oh my God, this is nuts. Like, what are we watching? And, and then they're like, oh, we're watching Children Be Murdered. We definitely should get on that. <laughs> <laughs> and also um, with, um, with like, with what happens, it's very cool. Like these two did not discuss this um, because Grant, like what happens is uh, Sam Neill like finds a flare in the back and he goes running out and he like starts waving the flare around to get the T-Rex's attention and he throws the flare away and Malcolm is just, or, you know, is just like, oh, I get what's happening. So he also lights a flare and he starts running with it. Like he's, you know, the um, torch bearer at the Olympics and like Grant's like, don't move. And he's like, get the Then kids. he throws it and the T-Rex is like, you are much bigger prey. I will eat you. <laughs> yeah. And this is why I'm saying these, like, this is, these two are my favorite characters in this movie. Yeah. It's because they have no connection to those children. And like, they're just like, we have to do the right thing. Cause we, like one, he, Malcolm's a dad three times over. And so <laughs> like, you know, it's just like, it's bravery. I, I always I always enjoy bravery with no like blood relation to it because like mm-hmm. you know blood for blood I would you know help you know I would help you or like mom or whatever yeah like it takes I feel like it takes a lot more to be like that's a stranger and I need to help them you know yeah and you know the thing is that <laughs> uh, Ian Malcolm has said you know I'm always looking for the next. Mrs. Malcolm, which is a pretty funny line. Ex Mrs. Malcolm. Yeah. Uh, the presumption being it's definitely not gonna work out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a rock and roll mathematician. Ladies, the lady is go crazy for a man who knows his numbers. Well, that's the discussion on the helicopter coming in is Dr. Hammond disdainfully looks at the lawyer and says, I brought a scientist. You brought a rock star because Ian Malcolm is so shamelessly flirting with the lady scientist. Yeah. Um, Sadler is her name? Yeah, Dr. Ellie Sadler. Yes, played by Laura Dern. She does a very good job. Um, and, like, she... <laughs> oh, go ahead. Well, here's the other thing I'm going to say about this movie is like nobody is current, like everybody is attractive in this movie, but it's not mm-hmm. like you know current hollywood movies where everybody is so attractive that they don't seem real anymore like like the number one criticism of fallen kingdom where bryce dallas howard is running around in high heels the whole time like ellie sadler is dressed like a normal person going on safari she is where i mean if she was really going to be dressed properly she'd be wearing long pants tucked into her socks so she doesn't get you know bugs but she's oh. wearing boots shorts and a shirt and i think at some point she has a hat <laughs> um and she also has kind of like sunglasses but actually the heels were bryce dallas howard's uh idea okay cool it, she's a woman who lives in the world though she knows that's a bad idea i think she's like the, this character would not like would not think to get better shoes <laughs> um okay i (laughs) 
I don't even feel like we have time for me to go into that. But like, you are telling me that a woman running from her life, from dinosaurs, from a dynasty she has created as a high-powered businesswoman would not have a lick of sense to say, I could probably go faster if I was not on six-inch pencil heels. <laughs> what, what am I supposed to think about that character? Oh, this woman is dumb as a box of rocks. <laughs> She's like, let me go put on my Yeezys real quick. <laughs> She's like, my legs are killing me and I'm pretty sure I'm about to die. But I mean, what are the options? I I, this is what we're doing. Let me real quick put on my Jordans. Well, Frank, even running barefoot would make more sense. I know that you are speaking to this as a person who has never worn six inch heels, but after two years of pandemic, I went to a wedding and wore not even heels. I was wearing wedges, but they were six feet, not six feet, Jesus, six six feet tall. I I went to this wedding in stilts, and let me tell you, boy, are my legs tired. I wanted to, I wanted to tower above all, and then I instantly fell because I don't know how to walk on stilts. I was instead of going into the venue, I just peeked through the window on the second story with my stilts. No, but I wore like six-inch heels, and they use such a different muscle in your leg that by the end of the night, when I took them off, I had to keep flexing my foot. Because your foot cramps. Because when you're used to just walking around in flat shoes, and fine, let's, and this has nothing to do with the current Jurassic Park that we're talking about or any of that, but uh, you set me off with that comment. So, like, if I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt, and this character is just more comfortable in heels, right? So, like, let's say the other muscles in her legs have atrophied to the point where she just always has to be in Barbie heel foot mode. I think she could still run faster without the heels. <laughs> Frank's laughing at me. I don't care. No, <laughs> like it just doesn't make any sense. No, I'm not. I'm not laughing at you. Like because I think you're wrong. I'm laughing at you because you're going 100 right. <laughs> also, the most egregious part of that movie is when that lady gets chomped. That like completely side character gets chomped by a shark. Yeah, by a megalodon. That was so unnecessary. I know I'm not the first one to say that. I know that's not a hot take. But what was that? It was awful, is what it was. Um, she was just like she was just doing her job, like not even probably getting paid enough for it. Um, they were like, see this service worker chomp. She uh, got eaten by a megalodon. Speaking of speaking of uh, giant sea creatures, and this is a reason I would never go back in time to see the dinosaurs. Um, there was apparently they just found out that a giant alligator was the true ruler of the earth, not T Rex back in the day. Now, when I say giant alligator, it's twelve feet tall. That's cool. I'm into that. Like the size of a ranch house, like height wise. And I am already kind of terrified of the ocean because I don't know what's living down there. A Cthulhu could be living down there, and um, probably is. Yeah, and I'm still like, yep, no, don't want to see that. Don't want to see giant alligators. Like, If I'm ever not here to do the show, it's because Cthulhu has taken me to be his ocean bride. I don't think Cthulhu wants brides. And I've been driven mad. (sighs) Frank's Um, like, sigh. Okay, let's wrap this up. Because basically the last third of this movie is people running from dinosaurs 
dinosaurs chomping people and dinosaurs chomping other dinosaurs. I mean, after after Mr. Arnold, well, after Muldoon gets killed, that is the end of humans getting killed in this movie. Um, you know, the famous line of, of because he's gotten, uh, he's gotten, whatchamacallit, uh, duped by the, the Velociraptors. He's like, clever girl. And then he gets eaten. He doesn't die in and the she's book. She's like, bye. Yeah, he doesn't die in the book, actually. Huh. Um, the Velociraptors were just playing with him because they had gotten used to him, basically. Oh, um, that's kind of cute. So, um, we like the the last, like, okay, I'm just going to kind of hit some highlights of this movie for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I absolutely love like dr sattler running for the power shed basically mm-hmm. um and like you know she has to like go through the whole thing because dr hammond doesn't know how to like read a schematic um and you know she, he she turns on the the fence um and like Lexus- the little boy was climbing the fence he gets electrocuted off yeah um dr grant has to save him again um the the entire every scene in a tree in this movie is amazing (laughs) and there's multiple scenes um like when they're hanging in the tree they're hiding in a tree and like um he is it a brontosaurus or brachiosaurus brachiosaurus um and one of them sneezes on lex i was like poor lex she just wants to go home um and speaking of Lex, another one of my favorite scenes is when they get back to the visitor center, her and her brother are eating and like I'm just, just feasting on cakes. Why were so many cakes set out? There aren't even that many people on the island. I, I don't know. I think it was just like, yeah, first tour. Uh oh. <laughs> um because like all things considered, there's probably other personnel out there who got stuck. Mm. Well, no, they ordered everyone off of the island before they did the shutdown. Yeah, I guess. Hopefully, everybody made it off. Um, I mean, we didn't see anyone else. They just get helicoptered out, and that's about it. Yeah, um, but like, um, Velociraptors have also gotten into the visitor center, and there's this amazing shot of um, Lex like staring behind her brother. And like nothing is moving in the scene but the jello on her spoon, and it is like shaking. Um, it's and then, jiggling. Yeah, yeah, it's jiggling. Um, and then we see there's a paper screen, and we see a velociraptor in shadow moving around behind it, like he's about <laughs> to pop through and do a stand-up routine or like a vaudeville act. Um, so on my walk the other day, I was re-listening to our Dune episode. Um, and I was reminded of us talking about the, the worms hiding behind a screen and doing a coquettish dance. Now all I think is that Raptor doing a coquettish dance behind the screen too. It is very funny because I don't remember that at all. <laughs> so, <laughs> you could tell me we said anything and I'd be like, oh yeah, it sounds like us. Yeah. Um, I think I wanted to find out why, why we did Tremors. I was like, I need to go back and figure out why I thought doing Tremors was a good idea. And I still don't know. Um, I mean, because I needed to be introduced to the fact that I'm really into that guy who was friends with Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Um, it was all kismet, Frank. It was to bring me to him, Fred something or other. Fred Ward. Love of my life. Um, Fred Ward? Yes. 
In the way that mom loves Bo Bridges, I love Fred Ward. <laughs> anyway, so um, after that, it's just like running from raptors, like the movie. Um, but then the T-Rex shows up and he's like, nom, 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 nom. And okay. then the movie ends. And there's also this amazing, like, there's a point where they are climbing down dinosaur skeletons to the floor of the, the visitor center. Um, and, um, like, there's a shot where, like, like, Laura Dern lands on the ground and there's a velociraptor in front of her. And she has this, like, they do a close-up on this look of hers. And it looks like she's about to, like, go sprinting at the dinosaur to, like, when you get the velociraptor to like fight it one on one, but she has such a look of determination in her face that while looking at this dinosaur, hand to hand dino battle. Yeah, um, which I'm sure like if these movies kept going would be like the seventh one where like a five year old is just like it's time to like square up dinosaur and like they crack their neck. Yeah, this is how this ends. <laughs> and this is how the podcast oh. ends. Boom, transition. Not like. We're ending this episode. <laughs> Frank's like, I said a thing, and now I'm backpedaling like crazy. <laughs> because it made it, I made it sound like the podcast is coming to an end for good, but it's not. <laughs> it, it's just this episode. Let me more clearly define this thing that <laughs> was not really in necessity of being defined in the first place. Let me continue to Yoshi verbally. Yes. Um, okay. Susie, what are we doing next week? Save me from um, having to explain things. <laughs> So uh, next week, it is the beginning of my birthday month, and we're going to start with the in-between. We got some uh, teen girl talk alumni in this. Uh, you may recognize her from the kissing booth. I'm, I'm really hoping Joey King is doing this is a better movie than the kissing booth. I mean, I don't know. We will see. I have not read anything about it or watched it. It's just I get advertisements for it on Tumblr constantly. And guess what? Tumblr advertising, which is notoriously ineffective and not good, worked on me. So good job, Tumblr. Claps for you. So if you would like to write us, you can write us at realteengirltalk.gmail.com. If you love to sprint heels and want to tell me I'm wrong, I'm all ears. Uh, We have a Facebook group and page that Frank moderates. Frank has another podcast. It's called I Hope I Can Make It Through with his friend Donnie. They watch Degrassi. They are in season six right now. We have t-shirts, hoodies, et cetera, et cetera, for sale. Uh, The link is in the show notes. And until next week, I'm Susie Coda. I'm Frank and Coda. Team Team Coda. Coda.